but I had to separate these chairs. You know, these uh, spirit, soul, and body. This is spirit chair represents the spirit is so far more. Terry used the, the empty chair and lifted this one up. This, when you're when you're in this chair, you 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 there's there's no way to demonstrate the wonder of living in his love. Something he just totally gave to you. And I, I want to, boy, can't even get my thoughts together. I'm going to spend uh, today speaking a little more on spirit, soul, and body, but I'm going to speak of it in a different way. I'm going to read Isaiah 54. And for you two there, um, we had a board meeting the other night and Terry played the video that gave me this idea for this message. So I, I think it's right on. It's a message then from Bill Johnson. And not that I'm going to use a lot of Bill Johnson stuff, but I just saw something different in it. But before I read this chapter, Let's put it in the context that this is pre-cross. Because there's some things in here that through the prophet Isaiah that God says that if you don't realize this is pre-cross and this is to the, the nation of Israel, you're going to, well, gee whiz, is that the way God deals with us? No. Not totally. Not this full chapter. But just remember, it's, it's pre-cross, and he's, and he's talking to the nation of Israel. And let's, let's start. I don't know if you're, you got it up there. Yeah. And I'm going to read the full chapter. There's some, there's some things in here that you'll, you'll see that need to be left in context, and I won't mention, but for the most part, I want, I want to show you something, a spirit, soul, and body. Let's start in verse 1. Sing, O barren woman, you who have never bore a child, burst into song and shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. And Lord, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband, 
The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. And the Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would no long, never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. O afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will build you with stones of turquoise and a foundation with sapphires. I will make your battlements rubies and your gates of sparkling jewels and all your walls of precious stones, and, and your sons will be taught by the Lord, and great, will their, and great will be your children's peace. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone attacks you, it will not be of my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flames and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who created the destroyer to work havoc. No weapon against you shall prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. And this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is the vindication from me, declares the Lord. Powerful chapter. Powerful chapter. Let's just, let's just go back. Spirit, soul, body. Where's the, where's the world today? No, I think most of the world is right here. See, they're beyond. They're of no substance. They're empty frames. They have no idea of what this is. And the trouble is a lot of the church has no idea what this is. See, we were created to live in this position in our spirits. This is where we are seated with Christ in heavenly realms. This is our position we belong in. And once we've come into this place, you can sing songs like, I've never known a love like yours before. You can, you can see this unbelievable love for you. And this is where we want to go, and this is where we want to stay. 
And this is what I see the Lord saying out of this chapter, not the, to the nation of Israel, but to you. See, you're all the way down here, O barren woman. And this is a simile. Could be old man who can't find a job, a man who nobody has loved, person who lives on the street. He's telling you that your situation is here in your body and your soul, and this is what you believe. And God is saying to you that you must come to this position because this is where you will have more children, you will have more blessing. This will be your situation as you sit here in the presence of the Father. And you will have more children than the desolate woman. You don't see it down there, but he's saying, come and sit where I have told you to sit. He says, before you even see it, he says, enlarge your place in your tent and stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. He is saying, you have lived over there so long, I want you to see what I am going to do for you. And he's saying this to the nation of Israel, but I think he is also saying it to us that we must come and sit in the presence of our spirit and his spirit where we come together. And that that is the place where he will give us more than we have ever expected. But he says, prepare yourself over here because when you come over here, you're, you're going to need a lot more than you, you even think you do. You're going to need a bigger house. You're going to need more, and I will supply more. And then he goes right to the things that attack the person that sits in this chair. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace, and you will not be humiliated. We're all afraid of being shamed. We've all been shamed at one time for one reason or another. It hurts. But if you sit here, in this position, you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your womanhood. Why? Because your maker is your husband. He is the Lord Almighty in his name and he is the Redeemer. When you sit in this position, you are the bride and he is the bridegroom. And he says, come to me and I will call you into this position and you will never be ashamed. You will never be afraid. You will never be hurt again. And we go, how can that be? It is because God is our husband. He is the one that supplies. Don't look at it as the earth or the world looks at husbands and wives. We've screwed that whole philosophy up so bad, even the best of us can't handle it. My God is a good husband to me. He provides and he takes care of me. He says, I will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected. How many 
in your lives have you felt rejected and lost and God has called you back to the position? This is, this is where Adam sat. This is where in the cool of the day he would rise up and he would walk with the Father God and the Trinity. All together they would walk through the garden. This is where he sat. And the Father is saying, come back and I will draw you to this place where your spirit is alive 100%. And there, there are some verses here that are directed strictly to the nation of Israel that they go into a place of being slaves to Babylon. And I'm, I'm going to skip over them, but I, wanted, I read them to you because they are important in the context of the, the verses. Because he says, I will have compassion on you and ever-living ever kindness. On the whole nation he had that. And to me this is like the days of Noah when I swore that the waters of Noah would never <laughs> cover the earth. He's restating his covenant with you. He's restating everything that he has given you. And he says, I don't care what goes on around you. In the sense that doesn't matter if the mountains shake and everything moves, you sit in this position, my love will never fail. I will always be with you. I don't care what goes on around you. In the sense that it will make me leave you ever again. But he will always, 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 always be there. We have to get out of the flesh, the soul, and live in the spirit. And he will give you a covenant of peace, and he will have compassion on you. And he says, you will be lashed by storms, and not afflicted, lashed by storms. He talks about the city again, the Jerusalem, also a, an overview of the people of Israel. And he says, I will rebuild everything that has been destroyed. Everything that has been destroyed before you came to sit in this seat, he will restore to you as you sit in this seat. Uh, everything. There is nothing he cannot restore. We struggle with that. And that's going to be part of my message next week. As we sit in this seat, why do we struggle with the things that God has given us? He says, I am established in righteousness. I am righteous. There's some verses in here in the NIV that aren't correct. Because he says, tyranny will be far from you and you will have nothing to fear. Doesn't read right. In Young's and in the King James, I also believe, it says, you will have nothing to fear. And well, tyranny be, will be far from you because you have nothing to fear. You will sit in this, nothing will come at you because you have nothing to fear. It's not that I will keep it away, it is your position. It says, if anybody attacks you, 
It's not me. So as you sit in this, in this position, you will be attacked. But it won't be God. God is not, and we've all heard, God put cancer on this person, or God did this to this person, or God caused this one to have a car accident, or God caused this one to do this. That is not our Father. That comes out of eating from the wrong tree. And I really, I went over the next verses, and it says, you know, I've created the blacksmith who fans the coal and makes a weapon. And in the NIV it says, and I have created the destroyer to work havoc. You know, when you're sitting in this position, God will take care of everything that's outside of him. Nobody will come against his children. Nobody. And he is the one, he, he has made provision to take care of everything that comes against you. I think the young says, I have created the destroyer to destroy. Well, that doesn't sound like a loving God. Depends what chair you're sitting in. If you're sitting in the chair where your bridegroom says, you have never known my kind of love, I will take care of you, and you see something coming against you and then something takes it out, he says, I did that. I took care of you. I took care of those that are coming against my bride. All those who rise up against you will not find victory. Says no weapon forged against you will prevail. And out of this position of sitting here, it says, you will refute every tongue that accuses you. How many times have we sat and heard people accuse us? It doesn't matter if it's a religious thing, it's anything. But you will be able to refute any tongue that comes against you. Any situation that you're living in, any position that you're at. In life. The thing is, you've got to be here in this chair. You have to sit in the presence of the Father. It is glorious. And yes, not one of you is worthy of it. Not one of you, not one of you can get yourselves here. It is called rest. It is called trust. It is called faith. Faith being Seeing the things as God sees them. This is where, and I can't remember the verses we talked about last Thursday in class, but it says Jesus always knew the plan to bring us back to the Father from the foundations of the earth. But there is a position where where we sit and the Father will always be there for us and he will always watch over us. And the plan I was mentioning is that Jesus always wanted to do this for us. This is where his heart was. This is where his desire was, always for us. You see, because of what Adam did, we lost this position. And we slid way down the line. But we have been accused. People have come against us and said things. 
Next week I'm going to talk about some of the things that the devil says. You know, I really don't think the devil takes a whole lot of time dealing with anybody here. He's got enough people working against us that he does not have to take his time. But he can't do anything other than what other people do. And that's to lie to us. Mm-hmm. See, because when Jesus puts you back in this seat, and you come, it's a, it's a position of power. See, not everybody wants to sit in a position of power. You have to position yourself to live in this chair. Very simple to go sit in it. Very simple. It's grace. But we struggle with it. There are parents who don't want to take the position of power and be parents. We've elected government leaders who don't want to take their position of power and make decisions. They like to live down here and sound good to the, to the flesh and reason among men. The august body of the Senate that sits and rules over the nation. It doesn't take long listening to the news to see what a mess we're in. But there are so many people that are out here sitting that have no clue, even to the point of discussing. They sit in a seat that has no substance. They fall right through. They are lost souls. They, they will have a chance. God puts his essence in everyone. He touches everyone so they will know. But what I'm talking about is you. Where are you? You need to be in this chair. And that's as I read those verses, I saw the whole thing. Jesus, or God through the prophet Isaiah, is telling the nation of Israel, come and be my bride again. I will take care of you. I will love you. I will be with you. I will comfort you. I will never abandon you. Don't we all want to be in that position? But we think this gap is too big for us to close. But you see, Jesus closed that gap. That was his plan 2,000 years ago. He closed that gap. I think you've all probably heard this, where you take a, a lion and he's been in a cage and he's wandered back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and you take down all the bars and what does he do? He wanders back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. He has imaginary walls that have been put up around him. Mm-hmm. We have all been put in cages of some sort of our own making or other people's making. Making of false doctrines we have heard or believed. Things that have been said about us. Things done to us. And Jesus took down all those walls. 
And we have to stop just walking back and forth and back and forth. We need to walk out and sit in his presence. That's what he was calling the nation of Israel to do. Come back and sit in my presence. I've made a new covenant with you. And through Jesus, we have this new covenant. My finite mind can only imagine what it's like to stay here all the time in his presence. I go back, let's say to Egypt every once in a while to eat the garlic and the leeks. <laughs> but the bread and honey is right here. There will come a day when I will be in this chair forever. I will not be a gatekeeper in the house of my father. I will be his son at his side. I will not take anything less than what he has promised me. He's good. He is so, so good. Just the teaching of the spirit and soul body. There is so much in that. But we were never called to be anything else other than as Adam was in the beginning. In total rest with the Father. In his presence with his love. And the wholeness of his just divine love. And he sits here today and he calls each one of us. He sits in this chair as it would be, as a bridegroom calling to his bride. And he says, come to me. Come to me. He doesn't grab you and pull you and say you must do it. He says, I love you. And it is his love that pulls you into this chair. It is his kindness. The Holy Spirit speaks to you and keeps calling you and keeps calling you. And that's where we are. That's where we are. Are we going to come and are we going to listen to this call and say, come and just be with me? Or are we going to listen to the words of the world? The empty seats. The naysayers. Because they will always be there. And some of them have really gotten in our heads. And some of them really beat us up. But like when I heard that, that song again. You have no idea what his love is like. It's like getting a, just a whiff of a fragrance and we're overwhelmed. Get a whiff of his total presence. And you will be beyond yourself. What can you do with his presence? What can you do with his presence? But just love him. Make it a point to hear his call to call you into this position, into this seat, that you would know who he is know how he is and who he says you are 
And out of this seat will flow things that you can't imagine, even in this world today. Because his kingdom is now. It is here. And we live out of this kingdom. And when we see miracles and things happen, we go, how'd that happen? It's the norm. It is the norm. (laughs) His miracles are the norm. The norms of the world. He is good, and he is loving, and he is kind. Yay, God. Amen.